welcome to the We Are Peru podcast, a podcast highlighting topics related to the Peru Central School District and greater Peru community. Welcome to the We Are Peru podcast. My name is John Mitchell, and I am joined as usual by my wonderful co-host, Mr. Nick Damiani. How are you today, sir? Doing well, John. Thank you. How's everything going your way? Ah, doing pretty good. You glad to be out of this little stretch of rain that we had the last few days? Yeah, it's nice to see the sun. Uh, it definitely puts everybody in a little bit of a better mood. Yeah, I, I think my yard grew like eight inches in the last <laughs> yeah. three which, days. Which means now we have a little more work to do outside. Oh, right? okay. So Definitely a lot of more work to do outside. transition to that. So. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and we are joined today by our superintendent of schools, Dr. Thomas Palmer. How are you today, sir? Good, John. Thank you. You and Nick, I always appreciate the great work that you guys do. Hey, thank you so much. Thank Thanks you. for being here. Yeah, so we wanted to get together today and just talk about uh, you know some of the things that have been going on across the district. We've we have a lot going on from you know budget season to capital projects to summer planning uh, and the reopening of you know full time in our elementary building. So a lot of different topics to get going. So I think we can kick it off with uh, you know how things have gone so far uh, with the uh, return to full. You know, full instruction in the elementary building, five days a week, all students back on campus. Uh, and we started that this past Monday. Uh, so in the grand scheme, uh, from what I've noticed, you know, as I walk up and down the hallways and, you know, bounce from kind of room to room, uh, it was pretty great to see, you know, a, a large group uh, of students in one space uh, with the teacher. It gave me a little sense of I don't know, accomplishment, normalcy, like just kind of getting back to, uh, you know, the way things we had done things, in, you know, the way we've done it in the past. So uh, I know from my perspective, perspective, it was great to see. Uh, Dr. Palmer, across campus, like, like how has uh, the transition back gone? Um, great points that you brought up. And I think, I think the first thing I have to, I have to give major kudos to, I have to give a, a thank you without... Uh, without that, without that group, we would never have this had done. Is, is Matt Lefave and his uh, building and grounds between the custodial staff and, and the maintenance uh, did a phenomenal job. And then also, of course, our our, our teachers and, and and our administrators and everybody else, including you two gentlemen, and, and, and making sure that kids have everything. But I don't think the public quite understood the undertaking that it took to get ready. So I want to share just a couple a couple points with them. So one was we we had. Before COVID, we had we had tables and we had the ability to do groupings and we had we allowed the children to be in centers and things like that. And when COVID came in, we know the, the strict adherence to six foot rules. And and then this year, uh, not too long ago, we were allowed to go with the CDC from six feet to three foot for social distancing components for the classroom. Still, we have six feet as far as the eating component, but as far as in the classroom, it's three feet for instruction still does not allow you to put kids at the same table within three, with less than three feet. So the district actually purchased 500 desks and had put them together in the last two weeks and transferred some of the furniture out of what was in those classrooms to have every child has a desk. Um, that's quite an undertaking, especially on top of that, the normal cleaning and daily operations that uh, Mr. Lefebvre's department does. So. Um, you know, they worked on weekends. They really worked hard to get that ready for us. Um, I think the other thing the public doesn't realize is that, you know, we have a very beautiful building, very majestic, especially the intermediate with the tall pillars. And it, it's a school that was built in the, in the late 20s, early 30s. 
But at the same time, the classrooms are very small. So what happened was when we had to go to the six-foot rule, a lot of furniture was removed. And as, as any parents that kind of drove around our campus, they probably thought we started having railroad, railroad cards in our, in, our, in our lot because of the fact of the number of Connex boxes that we had. We had to take desk, uh, desk and we had to take tables apart, putting them all, storing them in Connex boxes throughout the campus. That furniture had to be removed for safety reasons so that we could still conduct the activities we had to in the classroom. When this all came to fruition again, now the same thing happened is that some of the additional furniture was used for cafeteria-like situations, but also the other furniture was then removed and additional, additional desks were now put in the classroom. So it was, like I said, major overhaul, phenomenal job by our staff. Um, teachers very receptive, very supportive. Uh, first week I thought has gone, has gone pretty well. Um, we're always looking to be stronger, so if, if people see today that we have a police officer out there joining me at Traffic Pattern, look in another eye, looking from another lens to see how we're doing well, what we can do to improve. Because the bottom line is we want safety and we want, we want to make sure that our, our, our families are safe, our kids are safe, and also making sure that the, the procedures put in place are, 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 the, are the best that we have. So, but it was a good start. So we are, we are excited about that, and hopefully we'll continue right through the end of the school year. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we were able to keep, as we transitioned back to, you know, moving furniture back into spaces so we can expand, you know, the amount of students in the classroom, we maintained our normal schedule. Like, we didn't go on a remote schedule to allow this to happen. So uh, this really happened kind of after hours, you know, and weekends, and uh, it was really amazing to see it come together uh, so quickly, you know, when we got the news that we were able to, we were able to do it. So uh, I definitely echo that thought. Uh, you know, that it was a team effort and uh, it's just nice accomplishment in a short amount of time. You know, it's funny, it reminds me of like the old army commercials where they kind of did more before 9 a.m. <laughs> than most people do all day. You remember that? Yeah, I tried yeah. to explain that concept to my son the other day because, you know, I and I because he had trouble getting out of bed. So then I went into the whole story. He didn't really get it, but uh, you know, someday he will. Yeah, all three of us <laughs> being ex military, we all know exactly. So. But the, uh, the other, just want to bring one other point up is that the uh, high school and middle school have also added some additional time. They're going five out of 10. And one of the problems is, is just cohorts and contact tracing and things like that. So we're going to finish the year off. But just so the public knows, we're going to have open forums and opportunities for people to voice their opinion. And we're going to be looking for reopening plans for next year because our goal is to get everybody back on campus. Um, so we're going to have plans upon plans. <laughs> you know, secondary plans after primary plans. We're going to make sure, though, that people are involved and they under, have a real clear understanding of the reopening piece that, that's going to take place. Excellent. Uh, well, as we are, you know, in the middle of the, the, the first week of March here, we know that school budget season is upon us, and uh, we do have a vote coming up on uh, May 18th. Uh, so when we're looking at the budget, uh, you, know, where, you know, where are we at? going into uh, the budget vote right now? Great question, Nick. And uh, it has been a crazy spring, as everybody knows, with the transitions of COVID, opening things opening back up, the same time you hear about additional monies coming from the state and the federal government. Where are we? Where are we really fiscally and, and, and what's going on? So just to, to, to recap what you said, our, our budget vote's coming up in two weeks from, from Tuesday. It's May 18th, and it's going to be 12 noon to 9 p.m. in our high school gymnasium. Um, when, when you look at any of the things that are online that Mr. Sapp has put up, and he's done a, a fabulous job as far as reconstructing um, 
the budget and, and some of the pictorials that he uses, um, one of the things in this year's theme was the three buckets. And the first bucket, of course, is your 20, I want to make sure I say these right, the 2020 to 2021 budget. And then we had the 21-22 proposed budget. And then the third bucket that we used was called the American Rescue Funds or the Power Up Bucket. So explain to the, the board what the, what the proposed budget that the board board has adopted to bring before the, the school community is a bubble is, is a budget of forty nine million nine hundred eighty two thousand eight hundred ninety seven dollars, and that's with an increase a tax levy increase of one point seven four percent. And just refresh everybody's memory that 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 tax cap came out legislation came out in two thousand twelve with Governor Cuomo when he was trying to limit the amount of tax increase that it would be on upon taxpayers throughout the state, that he always said that um, CPI or 2%, whatever was lesser, was what the state was allowed, uh, state, I'm sorry, what the school districts were allowed to raise their tax levy without a supermajority tax. Schools could raise it above, but it's not really a good policy to raise it above what the taxpayers, you know, on a normal condition with a 50% majority vote uh, approve. So our, our new budget, as I said, is that. And I want to make sure people, and, and I can't, again, appreciate enough what you and what you and John do and, and allowing me to be here because I want to make sure our public understands that completely. So our complete budget increase from budget to budget without enhancements, that means is basically budget to budget with salaries, utilities, transportation, materials and supplies, and debt service, our budget up on 2.13%. That means budget to budget. So if you had $100, it was $102.13 in the next year. Um, and what does that all mean? Well, the total budget increased this year because we also had a little extra money of $500,000 given to foundation aid. And foundation aid came from New York State, and that allowed us to do a, a few more things. What we have for enhancements, so everybody understands that, we're going to do a music enhancement of a music teacher from 0.4 to 1.0 FTE. We're going to restore an, a special education position because that's a fluid, that is a fluid field as our kids, as we increase or we change grade levels, sometimes the needs of special education changes. So we're restoring a special education position, a teaching, a, a teaching assistant for the ENL program, that's the English as is, 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 uh English as second learners, that's, that's that program because we have an, a, a few students that um, English is not their primary language. We have to make sure we provide the best education we can for them. And we have a phone system replacement. We have 12-year-old phones that um, are no longer be able to be serviced. So we, it's a cost of doing business. Um, and then number three, so, so when people hear other things about our budget and they're like, well, they're, they're doing a lot more than that. Um, yes, we are, but we're not doing it within the realms of the budget that we have. So we're, those were the enhancements that we had within our budget of the $49,982,897 or a 2.4% or 2.3% overall increase. The additional monies that you'll hear about, and we're going to be very responsive to, responsible for it, we're going to be able to maximize our, our children's, our, their learning opportunities for that. That's what it's, it's designed as, and that's called the American Rescues Funds. This is that power-up bucket that Mr. Sapp refers to. The power-up bucket is doing everything from the summer program that we're trying to do this summer, where we're going to be doing some summer camps for our kids, reintroducing them back in, really working hard on just that relationship piece, looking at the social-emotional learning, and then also doing some project-based learning, where they're going to actually have to take some of the skills 
based upon the knowledge that they have and actually take those and apply them to a skill set to an actually an application process. So it really should be fun and exciting to see that. And it'll look a lot different at each of the grade levels. Um, 9 through 12 is, is, I always say this, we're on the clock when you, once you hit ninth grade. And the students have to accomplish certain tasks in order to have the credit hours that they need in order to graduate. Uh, some of our students have fallen a little bit short, so we're looking to support them also in, in doing a recovery piece for that for the high school. Um, within the American Rescue Funds, the, the, the school community is going to hear an enormous number, and it is an enormous number. Uh, the district has received $4,585,254. But with that money, it's just not—it's just not a pot of money that we're allowed to use for what we want. It has to be allocated. We have to—we have to present a budget with real specific items in that. And so, some of the things that we're definitely looking at is that we're doing a two-year program with the school family liaisons. This is a person that's going to be a liaison both at the middle high school and also at the elementary school. Go out and work with our families. If some of our families are struggling, these will also give additional resources and the opportunities to work collectively with them to, to re-engage them back in our school district. We're also looking at an elementary counseling chairperson during that two-year period, and what that person will do, we'll also have conversations with the counseling department on the elementary side, talking about program, talking about different ideas, how do we reach out to our families again to support them. And then the third one was the reading specialist that we had this past year in the high school for the next two years. They'll work closely with our ELA teachers, our English teachers, to make sure our kids got the support to make sure that their, their reading skills are up to date so there's comprehension, you know, both for technical and also for the other reading, and making sure that our kids are, are where, they need, where they need to go. So we're going to be filling gaps there also. Um, besides those immediate things, there's other opportunities for us. Uh, we're also looking at enhancing some of our technology. Uh, technology was such a vital thing, as uh, Mr. Nick here has been a vital piece of that, working with our kids and our families, talking with Kajits, using buses, Kajits, working with companies um, to provide those, those other services for kids, as well as providing one-to-one devices. We want to make sure our kids are having opportunities out there. We want to make sure that we're globally competitive, so we want to make sure that we're, we're enhancing and doing things right by our families to make sure that our kids are able out there and compete. Uh, the other the other component of those funds, um, we're also looking we're also, we're looking speculatory looking out, but we're also looking at hiring three additional elementary teachers for that two year period also, for decreasing class sizes to even increase more in the small group settings for that. So when you hear about some additional things that are happening that outside of the normal budget, that's the, those are the items that we're talking about. Um, we want to make, there's no trickery. We want to make sure our community knows, but we really want to support our kids. So we're going to use these resources the best that we can between buying supplies and materials that will enhance that as well as additional staffing to make sure that this, these things happen. And it's also over a two year period. Yeah. So a lot, you know, definitely a lot when it comes, you know, when we're talking about different components of the budget and, uh, you know, the American rescue funds, uh, but it is great to see that, you know, we have some, we have funds available to really try to design some programming for kids uh, to help close the gap that has formed over the past year, you know, in a few months, right? The, the COVID gap, so to speak. Uh, every district is faced with the same struggle and the same problems, uh, you know, as we've gone through this process and trying to figure out a plan that's going to help us service students and help and get them back on campus quickly, uh, but also, you know, close some of that academic gap that, you know, is formed as a result of this. So uh, that 
power-up bucket, so to speak, uh, is going to really do a lot of great things uh, for our students. Well, I think it's great news, too, though, just for everyone to be able to know that there's definitely a plan in place to help to, to close that yes. gap. And stuff. Yes. So, and, yeah. yeah, it's going to be nice to see that all come together. Definitely. Uh, on top of budget, we're also going to be looking at uh, some more capital work, you know, capital project work that is going to be occurring over the summer. It's been ongoing, uh, you know, with a lot of different things on campus, but uh, I know there's going to be some stuff happening this summer as well. So uh, where are we at within the capital project process? Uh, to refresh the community's uh, memory, because it seems like it's been forever. It's been as long as I've been here. It's been an $18 million capital project. It was designed to go in four phases. And uh, even through COVID, uh, our subcontractors done a fantastic job. We kept them separate from the students, and uh, they were able to stay working. Our kids were able to stay working. Um, so where are we? So phase three is coming to a close, and we're hoping to have that close, I would say, the middle of June um, or the end of June by July 1. And, and we will have a kickoff once we get um, some of the other pieces. I'll give you the example. So we have what we call the wrestling room, community room. So we're waiting right now on the purchase or actually the completion, the lead times for the elliptical runners, the treadmills, and those type of devices, um, the weight room. Uh, so those things, uh, and, and, the, uh, and, and our auditorium. Our auditorium now has air conditioning, so that will make the public happy in some of those events that it will be a much cooler place when we're doing springtime events in the summer. Um, so those things are all happening. So phase three is coming to a, to a close. We have a couple lingering things out there that, that we were waiting outside of the school year to be completed, for example. We have three science labs that are, that are being reconstructed, um, re redesigned so that it's more appropriate for what we're doing now currently in our program. Um, our four stairwells are also being replaced. Our, our uh, elevator in the high school is being replaced. We have an elevator, a new elevator being placed in the community room, wrestling room, so people we'll be able to get to the first and second floor between two stairwells and that. Um, so those pieces are all coming in. So it's coming together really well. I go to all the construction meetings to make sure I have a, a real solid understanding. We also, at the, at the end of July, you'll see a lot of differences on the face of the wrestling room where there'll be an awning. Uh, the doors are being put in, so there's two exterior bathrooms, one male, one female, as well as the, uh, as well as the entrance to the to the. Uh, to the community room and we also have a small snack bar right there um, there's some additional blacktop work that will be done this summer that will give the top coat as well as some of the other areas that still need to be finished up and then phase four and phase four is a fast and furious also and that's a lot of work that's being done in the elementary school where a little bit of roof work but we have a lot of door replacements they're gutting out and redoing bathrooms uh, there's going to be a new vestibule, two vestibules, one outside uh, the front corner of the of the primary school cafeteria. It'll be a nice awning right there being constructed off the building. And then in the back of the building where the kids are coming in, there also will be an area there all the way out to the curb where it's another, uh, another awning that will be connected to the building that kids will be dry coming into the building. Um, so those pieces are coming in as well as the, uh, the, the primary cafeteria is also being gutted and completely redone so there's a lot of things going on in a very short amount of time so that's just coming from the capital project and our goal is to is to be done with probably with a punch list no later than september 15th is the goal excellent uh so 
with a lot of capital project, you know, stuff happening on campus, is there going to be, I know we're talking summer programming and that type of stuff. So we're going to have some access uh, to the buildings, right? So we're, we don't see a, a there's going to be certain areas that are going to be kind of shut off for a little while based on stairwell replacement mm-hmm. and, and that type of stuff. Uh, when it comes to public access to the building, uh, you know, over the summer, are there going to be options there? Uh, there are going to be some things. Like I know I, we're trying to bring it back to as normal as we can. So I know, for example, the uh, the Peru Youth Commission, they want to use our, our tennis courts. will be no problem whatsoever. Um, inside is a little bit more difficult with the gyms, but we are looking to open up two gyms, the primary and the intermediate, because of easy access from the exterior on the outside there. Um, people can park, and so we're looking to try to reopen some of our, our summer camps and things like that, the volleyball, the basketball. Our, our coaches want to get, in, get into the space with their kids. Um, as far as the football, soccer complex, and the track, um, right now, I'm opening the track back up as of uh, as of Monday. We're putting the lights back on for the the community, so they can they can walk or run whatever activity they want into the wee hours of the evening, nine o'clock. So the lights will be on for them for every night, so they can go out in the evenings and do that. Um, and then we're not sure right now when we're going to have to close that area. I mean, people could walk across the baseball field, but that the back side where we have the round uh, the full the full roundabout behind the building does need a top coat and there will be some additional construction there um, but we want people back on campus this is the school district this is the school this this is what the community wants this is their school so as soon as we can open it up and, and keep opening things up more and more we'll definitely do that and that is our goal because we want kids and we want adults on campus that's excellent information from you know from a to z pretty much there I know as a parent, you know, I appreciate, you know, learning all the things that are being done, as we said earlier, to, to try to close the gap, but also to make the school accessible to everybody. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we appreciate you taking the time to kind of shed some light and provide some further detail on a lot of these topics. And I know uh, it's important that everybody has kind of accurate information, uh, you know, so we just appreciate you taking the time uh, and the willing, your willingness to share. You guys do a great job with the podcast. Hopefully, so I, I've cleaned up a couple things for uh, for families and, and especially for the parents to understand. I have one last thing, guys. I just want to share so the the public has a, a more clear understanding. It gets real convoluted and real confusing sometimes when we talk about tax bills, tax bills increases from year to year. We talk about assessed values and things like that. In the newsletter that's going to be going out, including uh, including I, I have my. Uh, my message on the inner, on the inside of this. This is the Peru Central Community Report. You'll see on page two for the families it says estimated school tax increase. This was prior to us getting the final the, the final tax um, increases for each of our, our townships. So I just want them to say to understand that that you're going to look at one thing and you're going to say estimated school tax and you'll say okay, I see it goes up twenty cents, ten cents goes down, and then you're going to receive at, uh, just before the the budget notice, you're going to see the updated tax rates, and they're going to be different. Those are going to be the final ones for the 21-22 school year. So I just want people to understand that, that why, you know, uh, Mr. Sapp was making recommendations. Um, this is estimated assessed values, and then what you'll see is uh, a blue document that says blue, uh, Peru Central School District Community Report. You'll see the definitive pieces on the updated estimated taxes. 
So I just want to make sure that people understand that, that it's a little confusing, and I'll just give you one, if I may. So as Sable says, 2021, the tax rate was 1969. Um, that was the estimate. Now, what, what actually happened, 21-22 tax rate, is 2044, which was a 75-cent increase. That, that, that's increased greater per thousand, but more than what you'd see on, on, on the community report. So I just want to make sure people understand that and, and that the blue one is the latest and greatest as far as the most updated information. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I, I could see where that could be confusion, confusing and, you know, folks wondering why, right? So uh, thank you for that. And that's, that'll be going out via mail. Yeah, they'll be going out. Everybody will receive a copy. But the, the community report will go out first, and then later on you'll see the, the Peru School District community report. Okay. That's the budget notice. Excellent. Well, thank you. Uh, and uh, I think that's going to conclude the podcast for today. So, uh, Dr. Palmer, as always, thank you for uh, joining. Uh, and, John, thank you for all the work as well. Yeah. Have a great day, everybody. We will talk to you again soon. You've been listening to the We Are Peru podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcast, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share us with your colleagues and friends. And consider leaving us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at NDamianiPCSD and JMitchellPCSD. Thanks again for listening. And remember, we are Peru. <laughs>